Good morning. Good morning. Centuries ago, the psalmist said, This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Mark Williams, and I'm the senior minister here at Naples UCC. Blessings to all who are gathered in person and blessings to those who are connecting with us online, especially the community at Arbor Trace. Welcome. And I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm your minister for congregational care, and we are thrilled to have you with us on this January morning. Um, I want to extend a special welcome to our newcomers. So if this is one of your first times worshiping with us, we are really glad to have you. I know there are all kinds of things you could be doing with your Sunday morning. So we're thrilled that you choose to spend it with us. And I'd like you to ask you to meet Chelsea Godwin after worship in our gathering place. That's our church's courtyard. She's our coordinator for membership and stewardship, and she can answer any questions for you you have. So make your way to Chelsea at her table in the gathering place after church. Um, And now I'd like to ask everyone to register their attendance with us. So if you're here in the sanctuary, you can grab those blue attendance pads, take a moment to fill it out and pass it to your neighbor. And if you're joining us remotely, we are thrilled to have you wherever you are this morning. And why don't you go ahead, write your name in the comments section. And while you're there, you can click on the link if you'd like to, and that will pull up a PDF of our bulletin so that you can follow along with our service order. Mark and I have a few announcements to share with you this morning. The first is that we have another series of our intersections program after church between services. It'll start a little bit after 10 o'clock in Nelson Hall upstairs in room 207. Um, The chair of our Board of Christian Education, Rich Kirshner, is going to interview Martha Davis. She's a member of our church and she was the provost at Ohio State University. And he'll be speaking with Martha about the intersection of her career and her faith and how her faith informed that wonderful career of hers in academia. So if you want to be part of that conversation, please make your way upstairs to Nelson Hall right after worship. And also in the gathering place, we have another serve and grow opportunity to learn more about a ministry in the life of our church. And the serve and grow ministry today is all of our social events. There are all kinds of ways to get connected with folks socially through games and outings and meals. And you can learn all about that in the gathering place after worship. So do stop by there. And Next week at 3 o'clock, put on your calendars, a week from today at 3 p.m. is our annual Lindsey Gerritsen concert. If you have ever attended that concert, you know Lindsey Gerritsen is a phenomenal pianist, and it's a free concert right here in the sanctuary at 3 p.m. And while I'm on the note of music, you may have noticed that someone very important is missing from our chancel today. Our music director, Dr. Becky Weiss-Rumpf, is out sick, so she does ask for your prayers. Um, We know she'll be better soon, and we are grateful for Dr. Casey Benton, who is filling in as our conductor this morning. So we're glad to have you. And I think that's it. Um, Oh, one more thing, my apologies. One more announcement. On Wednesday at uh, 10 a.m., Wednesday at 10 a.m., the Environment Subcommittee is having a program on, they're continuing their educational series about environmental racism, and the UCC played a pivotal role in bringing to light the way that environmental issues disproportionately affect marginalized communities, and they've been doing this for over 50 or 60 years. Our denomination has been bringing these issues to light, so please join the Environment Subcommittee on Wednesday at 10 o'clock upstairs in Nelson Hall to learn about that. 
And I just want to add that there's so much going on in the life of our church. Our bulletin is four pages longer this week than it was last week. And so please take your bulletins with you because Mark and I are only highlighting a few things. And a couple of highlights for this coming Sunday, February the 4th, we'll be collecting cans for communion to help those in need in our community. Appreciate all who are bringing their non-perishables this coming Sunday, February the 4th. Also on February 4th, following our 11 a.m. worship service, we'll be hosting a prospective new member luncheon. If you're here today and you're interested in learning a little bit more about Naples UCC, uh, Pastor Angela and I would love to be with you for the prospective new member luncheon one week from today. And then a couple of announcements as they pertain to Habitat for Humanity of Collier County. There is a Habitat Build Day this coming Saturday. You can read a little bit more about it in your bulletins. And then there is a Habitor uh, scheduled for February the 10th. This is an opportunity for all of us to see Habitat communities here uh, in the local community and to find out what is going on uh, within those communities. And on that day, February 10th, I'll be doing one of the Habitat Home Blessings uh, on Saturday morning, uh, the 10th, and I look forward to being with many of you for those Habitat events. An update related to our 2024 stewardship drive. Many thanks to all who have turned in their estimate of giving cards, either online or in person in the offering plate or by mailing uh, your estimate of giving card in. What we are hoping to accomplish this year is to support the entirety of our ministry budget in and through the support of the congregation and these estimate of giving cards that you all have been so generous about returning. Some updated statistics uh, related to stewardship. As of Saturday, we have received 201 estimate of giving cards. Of those 201 cards, 42 of them were new pledges. And of the 201, 135 uh, revealed an increase in giving year versus previous year. We are off to a great start in this campaign. There are a couple of different visuals in the narthex. And to date, we are at $956,739. Thank you all for uh, your faithfulness and your generosity as we continue to strive toward the goal. We can do it. And then finally, an event that is a little bit off in the future that we all want to have on our calendars, our annual meeting on Super Bowl Sunday, February the 11th. This week, the annual report was emailed out uh, to the congregation virtually. If you did not receive the email or would like a paper copy of the report, we have many available today uh, in the Narthex. And we want all in the congregation to participate. If you would like to participate via a proxy form and have your voice heard, uh, our deacons in the Narthex will have some proxy forms. Uh, be sure to pick one up if you do not plan to attend the meeting on February the 11th. And finally, for those who are participating uh, virtually or can't be at the meeting on the 11th, there will be a Zoom link uh, sent out to the congregation for those who wish to connect online for the meeting, and that Zoom link will be blasted a little bit closer to the date. And I believe that's it, Angela. I I would just add that... (laughs) 
We do want everyone to participate in the annual meeting, but you do have to be a member. Yes. Or you have to be a full or associate member. And so I want to add that caveat. We do want everyone to participate. We'd love for everyone to join. Um, but if you're wondering, why didn't I get that emailing this past week when you get the regular Friday emails? It's because it only went out to our members and associate members. However, anyone can grab an annual report and take a look at it and review everything we did last year. So, all right, that's all. <laughs> Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. I invite you to turn to your bulletins and join me in our prayer of invocation. Let us pray together. Meddling God, inspire our worship so that it moves us beyond our comfort zones. Jesus was in the business of addressing suffering and pain. Just as it was his job to help heal others, may it be so with us today and always. Amen. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Holy and gracious God, Jesus told us that the second commandment after loving you is to love our neighbors as ourselves. It can be so easy to define our neighbors as people whom we love, our relatives and our friends. Help us to expand our understanding of neighbor so that we might remember that a neighbor is anyone who has a need. Humanity is woven together. Each life is a strand in your beautiful tapestry. And what happens to one of us happens to all of us. Jesus made other people's suffering his business. It can be hard for us to keep our heads up and face the suffering around us. This morning we pray for the faith to do just that, even when we want to turn away and ignore the plights of the world. We thank you for all the people in our church and all the organizations in our community who are working hard on behalf of those who hurt, those who need a little extra support, May we count ourselves among them. We thank you for the opportunities to serve others, for we know that there is no greater feeling than helping a fellow human. And when we are hurting, offering your love can be a balm to our souls. Even if we feel overwhelmed, like our efforts aren't making much of a difference, draw us back to you in prayer. Remind us that we can always pray for others, even if they are unknown to us. And so this day we pray for your beloved children around the world who are in harm's way, those who are at risk of death or violence or famine. God, shelter them by the power of your love and may they know they are created in your image and that they matter. And we pray for all those who are struggling with health concerns, whether they're mental or physical, those who struggle with painful relationships, those who cannot make ends meet, who worry how they're going to provide for their families, for all who live with daily stresses, may they know that they do not walk alone. We give you thanks and gratitude for all the blessings in our lives, for all that is going well, for we know that you shower us with blessings on a regular basis. And we remember everyone in our midst who hurts, O oh God, those for whom it is hard to see their blessings because they are suffering so much. We are grateful for this congregation so that we can offer your unconditional love to one another. And may we help heal one another just as your son Jesus did. 
we continue our prayers and the ways we might be agents of healing as we listen to the prayer your son Jesus taught us. This morning's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Mark. We're continuing with Mark's Gospel in chapter 1, picking up from last week, verses 21 through 28. And if you'd like to follow along with the text, you're welcome to, as it is printed in your bulletins. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as having one authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, what have, you, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, throwing him into convulsions and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept asking one another, What is this? A new teaching? With authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Pastors shape churches just as much as churches shape pastors. My church growing up helped to form my vertical relationship with God, if you will, helped form my personal relationship with God. But when I was in my early 20s, I was serving a church as a youth minister, a UCC church, Pilgrim United Church of Christ in Durham, North Carolina. And it was that church that shaped the horizontal dimension to my faith why it ought to matter to me that the church be involved socially and in the community. The church was engaged in issues of poverty in downtown Durham, was engaged in issues of full inclusion in the life of the church, was engaged in issues related to children who were falling through the cracks of the public education system. And I remember one evening uh, joining up uh, with this church that I was a part in other churches for a community hearing. As one of the ministries that we had supported over the years at the church was an urban ministry soup kitchen in downtown Durham, North Carolina, a place that was providing a soup and solace uh, for the homeless, and the lease was getting ready to expire, and there were some concerns about the kinds of people who were hanging out in that space, not really being consistent with the urban plan going forward. And there at the hearing, there was this gentleman who was talking about why he didn't want the soup kitchen who was uh, to be there, and he was going on and on. He didn't have much legal recourse or objective criteria as why it didn't meet the ordinance. And finally, he just got frustrated, and he exhaled, and he said to the churches and clergy there, why can't you churches just mind your own business? And I thought of his comment when I walked back into the scripture passage in Mark chapter 1, because once upon a time, Jesus was told to mind his own business. You'll remember the story. Last week, Pastor Angela talked about the call of the disciples. 
Following the disciples' call in Mark's gospel, Jesus brings them into the synagogue in Capernaum, and folks are amazed by his teaching. But Jesus gets interrupted by a man in the synagogue that is possessed by evil spirits. The evil spirits say back to Jesus, Jesus, what do you want to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Why do you care about us? Jesus, mind your own business. Have you come to destroy us? That's when Jesus responded back, no, it is my business to help this man. Said, Come out of him. And the evil spirits came out of the man with a loud shriek. Yikes. Now, before going any further, let me name a discomfort that we all have with this. This is Naples UCC, and we're just a little bit squeamish when it comes to this exorcism stuff. I mean, it kind of gives us the woo-woo heebie-jeebies a little bit. Isn't this first century kinds of stuff? But I might suggest to you, if you're willing to move past your discomfort here, because my sense is that what happened in the synagogue centuries ago might exactly be very relevant for all of us. For it strikes me that that question presented back to Jesus by the evil spirits has been a question off-repeated throughout the centuries by the voices of evil. Jesus of Nazareth, what do you want to do with us? Mind your own business, Jesus. Go away. Have you come here to destroy us? Don't interfere with us. It's really, when you think about it, the cry of the voices of evil for quite some time. The Roman Empire cried out, what do you want to do with us, Jesus? Mind your own business. The forces behind slavery in this country cried out, Jesus, what do you want to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? Mind your own business. I considered the anti-Semitism of World War II in Nazi Germany. Jesus, what do you want to do with us? Mind your own business. The political systems of our world. Jesus, what do you want to do with us? Mind your own business. Have you come to destroy us? That cry of the evil spirit in Mark chapter 1 is a cry that we still hear today. It's cried out angrily and vociferously by the voices of power in our society. Jesus, mind your own business. Go back to Palestine. Go back to the Bible. Go back to the church. Go back anywhere in so far as you don't interfere with us. But Jesus in the synagogue wanted to teach those freshly called disciples that it is my business. When you see a person who is hurting thanks to the powers of this world, then it is our business collectively to get involved in their lives and to get involved in their healing. Bible scholars are quick to point out that this man in Mark's gospel with whom Jesus casts out the the evil spirit is a man who is not shared in Mark's gospel to have any kind of physical disability. In fact, we're just told that he's unclean. 
More interestingly enough, there is one voice of the evil spirit that is talking to Jesus, but the voice is plural. It's as though this man has been inhabited by the forces of evil in his world. There was a theologian by the name of Walter Wink who described it this way. Wink said that when it comes to any force of evil, there is an outward sign of evil and an inward sign. The outward sign of evil can often be a person who uh, epitomizes that evil. It can be uh, uh, some kind of flag, uh, some kind of logo, um, some system that you can see. But then there is another side to evil, and that is a side to evil that is a bit more hidden, but it animates, it legitimizes, and it allows evil to persist, and it is very, very inward. And might I suggest to you this morning that it is that inward source of evil that is happening through the powers and principalities of that man's world That Jesus is saying, go away, come out of him. And you know, when you think about it, it really sounds a lot like what Naples UCC has been up to recently. In fact, I've heard the shrieks. The family who is living in East Naples who cannot afford a home to live in. Every time we make their business our business and stand on their behalf through Habitat for Humanity, the evil spirits shriek. The child who can't get in to see a therapist for many weeks because the system has been backlogged. Every time we make that child's business our business and host a mental health forum, the evil spirits shriek. The young woman in the cottage at Youth Haven who's been abused, every time we make her business our business and show up on Christmas Day to share a meal, the evil spirits shriek. Those in our community who still, in the year 2024, feel otherized by race, every time we stand with them at that booth at Cambier Park, perhaps, every time we make their business our business, The evil spirit shrieks. The person of another religion who's been mistreated at a community meeting. Every time we make his business our business and host a forum for civility and dialogue and respect. Every time we do that, the evil spirits shriek. That was Jesus' teaching of the disciples in the synagogue. When it comes to a person who is hurting thanks to the powers and principalities of this world, it is my business, it is our business to get involved. I'll close with the final story that quite frankly fits perfectly, but it's a story that was shared to me by a congregant, actually a staff member about six weeks ago uh, now. It was a story that was shared with me by Dr. Becky. Dr. Becky Weiss-Rump, our director of music, shared with me this story of something that happened to her the week before Christmas. And preaching is a lot like baseball. There's a lot of unwritten rules. And so I asked Dr. Becky if I could share the story. And she said, absolutely. 
It's about a week before Christmas, and Dr. Becky needed a cake for a Christmas event, and she stopped off at the Fresh Market in town, got her cake. The Fresh Market was absolutely busy with so many people, and she was standing in line at the register, and the cashier who was at the register was dealing with a very hard woman who was standing in line in front of Dr. Becky, a woman who had purchased a lot for her uh, party. And uh, the woman was just a bit entitled, if you will, not a bit entitled, a lot entitled, and was being rude to the cashier uh, behind uh, the register and began to start getting into it with the cashier about the customer loyalty program at the store. And Dr. Becky was witnessing all of this and just didn't like the clash that was going on. And to make matters worse, the woman, after she checked out, pulled the manager aside and began to critique the behavior of this employee. And Dr. Becky just felt in her heart that something was not right. She checked out, got her cake, went back to her car and said, you know, this is just none of my business. I don't want to do anything about this. But then she said, wait a second. She was being dishonest. This is my business. And Dr. Becky walked back into the grocery store, found the manager and said, I want to tell you the truth of what happened here. What happened was not what the customer said. What happened was your employee said all the right things, did all the right things, and was very, very helpful. And the manager shared back with her, thank you for having the courage to write the narrative and speak up. It is my business. It is our business. It has always been Jesus's business to stand on behalf of those who are hurting thanks to the powers and principalities of this world. After Dr. Becky shared with me that story, I heard the evil demons in Mark's gospel. I heard them shriek. I heard them shriek all over again. And now as you go from this place, may God grant you the courage to make Christ's business your business, standing on behalf of those who are hurting, being sure to provide help, hope, and healing always. Amen.